Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human on High FM. And my guest today is Dr. Talia Natelovitz, and she is a medical doctor working in the fields of aesthetic and anti-aging or aging medicine. Welcome, Talia. How are you today, first of all? Good. Nice to have you too. Tell me about what aesthetic medicine actually is and your journey into it. Aesthetic medicine is a field of medicine in which we use non-invasive procedures to help our clients to improve their cosmetic appearance. So that's from the aesthetic side. And when I say non-invasive, we are talking about injectables like Botox and fillers, uh, skin treatments, um, as opposed to surgical treatment, which people are very familiar with, the plastic surgeon, cosmetic surgeon. Um, you'll notice I refer to the people I help as clients as opposed to patients because I'm mm-hmm. dealing with people who are well and just want to feel better as opposed to people who are ill. Um, and then the second part of that is the anti-aging medicine, which, as I mentioned to you just now, is actually a misnomer because it's like saying I'm anti-gravity. You can't be anti-something <laughs> that is there that's a reality. So actually, I would prefer it's aging medicine, which is to say helping us to age in the way that we are comfortable with, uh, in the best way, in the way that's going to enhance our lives. And if feeling more beautiful for a woman is going to do that, then um, that is what I'm there to, to assist with. I like that. And a quote came through from a listener, and it said from Eleanor Roosevelt, who said, beautiful young people are accidents of nature, but beautiful old people are works of art. So that almost fits in with what you said about um, um, the, the human face, that it, it is restoring that human face. So it's not really aging. It's aging gracefully, you're saying, and aging being happy with yourself if you're not happy with your wrinkles or whatever. I'm trying not to get too close to my computer so that you won't see the wrinkles. <laughs> um, what made you actually choose to, to go into medicine in the first place? So I think, Sue, for me, it was one of those things that is one can't really explain, the same as you can't explain why you like chocolate. Um, You can try and describe it, but it was really just something intrinsic in me um, to want to heal people, to help people. Um, And I absolutely really just loved everything about studying medicine, um, being a doctor. Um, I would just say, everyone said, why did you do it? And I would just say, well, why would anyone want to do anything else? That's just the way it was. Um, but I certainly didn't think at the time that I would land up in this field um, at all. In fact, when I qualified, which was in 1996, um, there wasn't such a thing as aesthetic medicine. There was plastic surgery, um, but Botox was actually first used 
in aesthetics were first approved in 2002. So I didn't even know that, that this field existed. And even if I had known, it certainly wouldn't have been what I would have chosen because I was very much um, involved in the academic side of things. I had plans if I wanted to be a super specialist as a physician, an endocrinologist or a cardiologist. Um, but, of course, as we know, man plans and God laughs. Absolutely. And uh, Hashem took my life in a different direction, um, and I made choices um, in terms of my values. And, and uh, really, it wasn't a case of me choosing this field as much as this field choosing me. So, you know, when someone suggested this field to me, I was actually initially very hesitant about it. Um, I was already a from woman at the time, and I thought, oh, my word, you know, this is totally not what I want to be involved in. This is about vanity. This is totally against what I believe in as a religious woman. And, uh, you know, there were a series of events then that took place where I started getting involved. The American Academy of Aesthetic Medicine came to Cape Town for the first time, and I had been wanting to make a trip there anyway. So off I went. Um, and um, I then came to a crossroads in my life where I needed to decide in which direction I wanted to take and I uh, went to speak to a very wise rabbi to discuss what my options were and get his, his take on it. And I was rather embarrassed to bring up this option with him um, because I, I sort of said, well, I don't know if this is our way and whatever. And he says, well, you know, what is it? And I, I told him what it was. And immediately his response was to say, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. He said, when I have a haircut, I feel good about myself. Go and do that. Um and I therefore had that encouragement and knowing that this is actually something that is in keeping with, with our value system um, to go forward with it. So would you say that that value system is about making the best of ourselves, whether it's spiritually, uh, physically, whatever it might be academically, um, that it, it's part of that value system. Is that the value system that you're actually tapping into? Absolutely. Um, I think, um, you know, in all ways, we are wanting to be the best. We're not trying to be someone else. Um, and whatever we can do to be the best of ourselves is what we need to do. Um, if feeling good about yourself is going to help you to be more generous, um, more positive, more joyful, and achieve your goals uh, uh, in a better way, then that is uh, then a positive thing. Now, Jane Fonda said, it took me a long time to realize we are not meant to be perfect. We are meant to be whole. So you are not, I don't, just listening to you, I don't think you're talking about being perfect. What are you actually no. meaning? What is it that you aim for? Well, what I aim for, you know, in terms of what I'm doing is really to have someone who is feeling happy with themselves. Um, my aim is not to turn someone into a supermodel because that's not really what's possible. Um, and I'm very real with my clients about what I can and can't do for them. Um, so, you know, it's important. There are certain things that I'll just I always say, well, you know, if someone asks me for something that's not possible, I say, look, when they gave the class on miracles at medical school, I missed it. So I can't just, <laughs> yeah. 
On um, that, we're going to get back to that in a moment. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Dr. Talia Notelovitz, and we were talking uh, in, uh, uh, about aesthetic medicine, and, you know, um, you were saying that you, you, you're not going to be performing miracles, it's not your idea, but quite honestly, Talia, I'm wondering, uh, <laughs> someone's just sent a message on my phone to say, do you feel that she's looking at you and seeing your, your what, you, what you look like, because I was wondering what her friends feel like when they see her. <laughs> Is it like seeing a psychiatrist and wondering if they're assessing us or seeing your gynecologist when you're out? <laughs> now, I can't help thinking that, that there is always humor in everything and you're laughing at that. Do you, do you actually find you do assess people or do you just see people as they are? Um, look, let me say that, you know, as part of my work, I'm looking at faces all the time. But what I see are not, um, I don't look at uh, seeing problems. I see problems, but what I really see is how beautiful I could make that person look. So I just feel when I see someone, I see the potential, and I'm like, oh, wow, if I could just do this for you. <laughs> or I say, oh, I can see how she, what, how she, what she could look, what she did look like, and I can... That's what I see. So, yes, I must say not all the time, but I, I do sort of, it's just part of me that I see faces. It's like a, I sometimes say to people, it's like an interior decorator walking into a room and seeing a skew picture. You just want to fix it. Or someone involved in property and you look at a, a home and you say, wow, look at the potential for this. You know, you know, it's got a little bit of this and that, but this is really a beautiful space and I would love to to work uh, with us. So that's that's what I see, more in a positive way. I actually like what you said because it shows that there's a lot of creativity in your work and you obviously connect with people as well. What is it that you you really enjoy about this work? Well, I think you've you've touched we've touched on two of those aspects. Um, the one is the creativity. So I am someone who who has a, a creative side to me. I really enjoy painting and art, um, although I don't have much time for that. And uh, I can remember at school needing to choose at a certain point between carrying on with art or the sciences, which I decided on because that's where I wanted to to go. Much to my art teacher's dismay. Um, and here what's wonderful is that I've found a way of expressing myself in medicine, but in a very creative way. And I get amazing nachas when I see what I've done, how I have restored um, Hashem's masterpiece. Um, you know, it, it really just is that amazing, amazing feeling, and just in terms of my own creativity that I, you know, looking at this beauty coming out because I'm not creating that. God created that beauty. But I'm now able to participate in that, which is, is really a wonderful feeling. Um, and then in terms of connecting, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, often, I mean, this is a very personal thing that people come and everyone comes with their story. Um, and I'm interested in that story. And we, we usually chat while I'm working, um, you know, I'm, I'm mainly because I'm interested, but it does also serve the purpose of being a type of an anesthetic because when people are busy talking, they're not really focused on what's happening and therefore they don't feel as much about mm -hmm. what I'm doing. So 
Yes, absolutely. Connecting with people, understanding them, hearing their stories um, is, is what I like, enjoy as well. And the other thing that I really enjoy is that this is a very rapidly developing field. Um, and I'm an eternal student. I love to learn and develop. And this is really a field of medicine, which is just growing at such a rate that one really can just continue that. You know, in the beginning, I, I thought, look, when I've learned this, then I'll be sort of have completed. When I've done this, I'll have completed. But there, ever, there never is a completing because things are we constantly working on and, and looking at how can I do this a little bit better? Is there a new way of doing this? Um, and that keeps it interesting and, and challenging for me. Um, and then my ultimate reward really is bringing joy to someone else. When, when, when I get comments from people like, you know, um, on a, on a verbal level or on a WhatsApp, you know, thank you. You've given me my confidence back. Um, I'm just feeling so much better. Uh, you know, that type of thing really is just, that's, that's the ultimate reward for me. I'm sure it must be. And quite honestly, my, my WhatsApp at the moment, my phone, when I'm trying to pick up messages from Craig, it's not recognizing my face. So uh, the more you talk, <laughs> the more I'm <laughs> Perhaps it's used to a younger face. You know, another message that came through. So I keep having to put my pin in. Uh, I just wanted to actually say here that if anyone would like to contact us, please do so on SMS. 34519, or you can telegram us on 061-895-1019. And I also want to thank Wussy and Craig for keeping us on air. They have a hard job to do, really, and they do it so beautifully. Tell you one of the things that came through, and I can actually relate to this very much so in many ways. I do believe there's always a psychological component to weight gain, to what we think about ourselves, to, to, to how we approach our world, the world outside, what we are thinking as we go into certain areas. And uh, this came through, some people make me feel old and ugly. And unfortunately, it's often people who are closest to us. So do you, have you got a psychological background at all? Do you deal with psychology like this or do you refer? What do you do? Well, interestingly, Sue, and I think I hadn't mentioned this to you, um, but I did work in the field of psychiatry um, for a number of years before I went into this. Uh, and so I do have that background, um, which I think is perhaps what makes me so interested in this, the psychology of what we Very are definitely. talking about, the psychology of how we look and how we feel about ourselves. Um, and I think that would be a classic case of someone coming to me. Let's say this woman had to come to me and say, look, I want you to do something for me because people around me are making me feel old and unattractive. Um and I will not be the answer for that person because whatever I do, if she's taking in messages from others as to her own self-worth, whatever I do is not going to help with that. And that would be um, a situation where I would need to discuss with that person what I can and can't achieve and perhaps suggest to them looking for psychological help with those individuals in, in her life. That's very interesting because going back to that psychological um, aspect of it, do you find that sometimes people can overdo this, uh, the, uh, wanting to, to look younger, to 
aesthetically look more beautiful is there a is there a limit to what you actually do 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 you is there a time that you're actually able to say to someone look you know i think you know we've done enough for now yes absolutely um i i am often in the case where people ask me to do things and I will say, you know, no, I, I don't think that's going to be the right thing. That's not going to enhance your face. In fact, it will make things worse. People will come to me with the most beautiful lips and want them to be fuller. Um, and uh, there are times when I say, look, I don't think that's going to be beautiful. You can go to someone else and have that done. But, you know, I don't want my signature walking around sort of on your face. Because, uh, you know, firstly, it just, I, I want to be proud of the work that I do. I want to do something and feel good about it afterwards. Um, so certainly from that point of view, um, in terms of, I think that in terms of how things are done, yes, a lot of it is not just what is done or the amount, but how it is done. Um, so you can have a makeup artist using quite a bit of makeup but placing it correctly and having a most beautiful result, which can actually look natural. Or you could have someone taking a few sort of a little bit of lipstick and a bit of this and putting it on a face to make the person look like a clown. So a lot of it is to do with the skill that we're using and um, the results that we, that I look to achieve are those where people are not going to say, what have you done? Or look what she's done, but just, what I have people coming back and saying, well, you know, my daughter just said to me, you're looking so nice today. Um, or, you know, oh, you know, you're looking so lovely. You know, um, you're looking so well. Um, have you got that color looks really good on you? Um, and that type of thing where it becomes something very subtle and very natural. And in fact, you wouldn't know that the, the, the you wouldn't know that someone has had any treatment done. That's when I know that. This has been successful. Um, and then in terms, of it, I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. In terms of the person and what they want to achieve, I think one needs to be careful that this doesn't become an end into itself, meaning the drive to become more and more and more beautiful, as opposed to a means to an end. I want to be a more joyful, fulfilled person, and this is something that can assist me with this. Um, and I think it's the same with anything that we have in the physical world. Um, if we look at money, um, one can do amazing things with money, as people do, or one can become obsessed with money as an end unto itself, and that can be very destructive. Um, and I think that's also where um, Judaism has a view which is different from the non-Jewish world. So I was actually listening on M to another show, uh, and there was someone there who who said um, money is the source of all evil, which is a is a non-Jewish saying. And I thought, well, that's not really what we believe. We mm. believe that that money is is a blessing; it's physical, and you can decide what you're going to do with that. Yes, it can be used for negativity, but at the same time, it can be used for tremendous positivity. Absolutely. Um, and so one needs to see it in that context. And I think that. A woman needs to be honest with herself about whether this is something that is enhancing her life or if this is something that's becoming too much of an obsession um, and actually detracting from her life. And each person, you know, needs to judge for themselves. But I certainly do encourage people to use this in a healthy way. And I will say you really are 
taking this a bit far or, you know, you are, you know, 55 and it's okay to have a few wrinkles around the eyes. You know, we don't have to sort of, um, and sometimes trying to perfect things will land up actually having a very unnatural result. And I think that's what, what sometimes one sees where people have these overinflated faces with the fillers where one is trying to reach perfection, but in that process, things are really starting to look very unnatural and actually very um, harsh and not beautiful. And you know, Talia, the more you talk about it, the more I realize I'm really pleased that you do have a psychiatric uh, uh, background um, um, in qualifications because, you know, if you look at uh, body dysmorphic disorders or trying to please your partner, and so many of the reality TV uh, stars that we see today, um, it's just so false. And so, the you know, it's so necessary for them to please a partner or to please an audience. And, you know, you, you, you need to really understand where is this need coming from? Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, both of those things I have seen in my practice uh, in terms of the body dysmorphic disorder, which um, just in case the listeners aren't really aware, it's where someone um, becomes very disturbed by a feature of their appearance. It could be body or it could be face to the extent that it affects their functioning. So we might, you know, all have issues, you know, you know, one might not like one's Jewish nose or whatever, but if it becomes to the extent that these people will constantly be checking, they will constantly be looking in the mirror or feeling, and it constantly becomes in their minds taking away and affecting their, their happiness, their relationships, even their work. Um, and, yes, I have had cases like that, and what's very important for us as aesthetic doctors is to recognize that because if we don't, we will – then try in vain to treat it. And these patients will go from doctor to doctor to plastic mm -hmm. surgeon. Whereas I have said in this case, um, which I had, you know, you do have um, a problem, um, but I'm not the right person to fix it because your problem is not the scar on your face. You know, this is your problem, is that this is a more emotional type of thing and, and mm -hmm. we need to deal with that. So you do need help, but not from me and let me refer you to someone who, who, who can. And then um, your other um, comment about pleasing a partner um, also brings to mind a, a client of mine who was uh, in a relationship with someone who was actually very abusive to her and made her feel very bad about herself and constantly was wanting to improve herself, had plastic surgery, had this, did come to me as well and Sure, I was there to help her uh, in the sense of saying, but saying to her, look, this is not going to improve your relationship with this person if this is his attitude. And ultimately, she did leave that partner for her own benefit, and she still sees me. Um, but that is about wanting to feel good about herself for herself. It's a very big difference. A message has come through. It says, thanks, Dr. Talia, for your for our consultation where you told me you always always under-promise so your clients won't be disappointed. Such integrity is very refreshing. Looking forward to my treatment, Roseanne. <laughs> Did you hear that one? Yes, that's lovely to hear. Okay. Uh, and that's absolutely right, is that, you know, people do go to, to doctors who will say, you know, 
well, I can do this and this, and you're going to look 20 years younger, and they'll end up spending a lot of money and coming out and being very disappointed, which mm -hmm. is the worst possible outcome for me. Um, and I would rather just say, look, look, this is what we can do, and this is what we can't do. Um, and often I'll say, look, we're going to have a little bit of an improvement here. I can't really necessarily say exactly how much. Every face is different. And then they say, oh, wow, when they see their faces, you said there was only going to be a bit of an improvement. Look at this. I look amazing. And then yeah. I'll say, fantastic. Um, but, yes, I would rather always under-promise. And, uh, and then I'll end up with a happy client. Wonderful. We'll get back to that in a moment. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. This too, I don't know, Deborah and Manville, but I always thought uh, pretty women would have a really hard time because if you grow up and that is your identity and everybody says how beautiful you are and you're a pretty little girl and you're great and beautiful, 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 when that starts to fade, then who are you? Yes. Yeah. And this is why it's important, uh, even at an early age, when you still feel very comfortable with your external appearance, to already see if you can bring a deeper dimension into your life so that you don't live the rest of your life trapped in the surface dimension when you equate who you are with your external appearance, which is not going to last. Well, she says I'm having difficulty transitioning. Yes. From the beauty of my youth to living with a face and body that is aged. Yes. So w the question then perhaps is, so what, what to do now? Yes. How do we let go of that kind of obsession? So first of all, again, the arising awareness is important that you had been, and to some extent perhaps still are, identified with appearance. Right. And then comes in a little thing that we could call acceptance. Acceptance, when you look in the mirror in the morning, you realize, yes, one can see wrinkles here and there. Uh -huh. The skin is not quite as vibrant as it used to be. And you can see it very clearly. And so some of these uh, people who had been identified, they regard that as a personal problem. They see it as if life had dealt them some blow that it's not personal, it's, it's the destiny of every human being to grow old and to, unless they die prematurely, it's the destiny of every human being to experience the gradual decline of the physical form. So I suggest, first of all, to practice a little bit of acceptance. So you have a con the condition, which means I'm getting old, or the body is getting old, and then you accept that this is what's happening. With that acceptance comes a little bit of space around the condition, a little bit of peace around the condition. Yeah. Uh, and then a very helpful thing... Uh, that is, instead of saying, I hate my I wrinkles. Hate, yes. Yeah. Uh, so it's, and you can, it's the same process. You look at a flower. You have a flower for a few days, and the same thing that's happening to your body happens to the flower after a few days. It wilts. Or put an apple there and see what the apple looks like three weeks later. Mm -hmm. It just happens more quickly. But it's the destiny of all form to eventually dissolve. So Deborah so, needs to come to some acceptance. Acceptance of that. and see that it's a, it's the destiny of all life forms mm -hmm. to go through that process. Mm -hmm. In addition, also especially for people who have been identified with the external body because it's been it was beautiful for many years, 
to take attention, even when they're still young, to what we've been doing here, take attention into the inner body, the inner aliveness of the body. Mm -hmm. Because that actually does not grow old. Because you can feel the aliveness when you're 80, in the same way that you can feel the inner aliveness when you're 20. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Dr. Talia Natalovitz, and we're talking about aesthetic and anti-aging medicine. That YouTube that you've just heard was Eckhart Tolle, and it's, it's on what happens to the ego when the physical body fades. What did you think of that, Talia? Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. Um, and uh, really, I think there are a few things that, that speak to me from that. And I think the first thing is about, you know, childhood and our, our girls growing up uh, in a society where there is a big focus on, on outer appearance um, and the importance of instilling self-worth, um, which is... You know, as you say, as, as he was saying, that's really where one's worth does come from is, is one's, one's internal. You know, to have, um, beauty, outer beauty is like other blessings, a gift from Hashem. And it is something that one can enjoy. So it doesn't have to be one or the other. One doesn't have to deny to someone who is beautiful that you are beautiful. Mm. Um, but that the, that has to go hand in hand with saying, you know, look at, who you are, look at your, your beautiful qualities, um, look at what you do as well in the world um, and acknowledge those things. But also, yes, I mean, I'd say maybe just a little bit differently to, to what he's saying is that I think that we um, we do need to acknowledge our blessings. You know, I would acknowledge to someone or, or a child of mine and say, you know, let's say a child is very good at maths and say, well, you know, you've really been blessed because this is something that a lot of people struggle with and it comes easily to you, you know, say thank you to Hashem for blessing you with that ability. Mm -hmm. um, and the same thing is if, if you have a, a daughter who is beautiful and I think all girls, all girls and women are beautiful and, you know, wish, you know, you, you know, wow, you know, you look beautiful. Say thank you to Hashem for, for giving you a beautiful face. Um, what I often say, and, and as women, we often when people say to us, and I'm guilty myself, oh, you're looking so lovely. Oh, you say, oh, it's just the makeup or it's just this or, you know, try and put it off. And um, what I sometimes say is if you were walking down the road wearing a most beautiful coat that your friend had made for you and you were walking with your friend and someone stopped you and said, oh, wow, look at that coat. And you said, oh, this old thing. What an insult to that friend. Mm. Um, and so when someone compliments us, you know, we, we simply need to say thank you and acknowledge where that came from. Um, but at the same time, yes, I think if that becomes the only value that one acknowledges, and of course that is going to be a destructive thing. Um, and, you know, I do have women who come to me and will say, oh, I look so terrible. Look at this. It's terrible. These lines are terrible. And I'll say, look, this is not terrible. This is normal. This is, this is age. Um, and, uh, nothing, and nothing terrible about it. Story to tell. Yes. And if we can help you to feel better, I mean, often what I, what I have ladies saying to me is that, you know, I still feel so young. Um, and then when I look in the mirror and I see this, it's just, I want to look the way I feel. 
Uh, and most people do not want to look um, 20 years younger. The words that I hear coming from people is, I want to look good for my age. Um, I want to look fresher. Or, for example, I don't want to look so tired or so cross um, because that's something as well are the emotional attributes of the face is that sometimes the face can take on negative emotional attributes um, such as looking angry or, or, or sad or tired. And that gives a message to the world which this person is not wanting to give that message. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I can assist that person in improving that message to something more positive that not only they will see when they look in the mirror and give them positive feelings, but others will see and then respond in a different way, then this is something that can enhance their, their lives and their reality. There's another message that's come through. It says, Dr. Talia is authentic, genuine, and wonderful. And then I just wanted to go back to saying that about a friend, you know, uh, giving you a coat. I was once walk, walking in Renana down Akuza Street, and there were lots of little, uh, it was before uh, COVID, obviously, there were lots of little tables, and I had a top on, and as I was walking along, I was walking with a friend of mine, Brian, and as I was walking, I suddenly felt my top being pulled, and I thought I'd caught it on a chair. And in the meantime, um, I turned around to let it go, and there was an elderly woman, well, probably my age, holding onto my top. And she was saying something to me in Hebrew, and I turned to Brian. I said, what is she saying? So he says, she wants to know where you got your top. I said, tell us from the Chinese market in Johannesburg. (laughs) (laughs) So that's just on on an aside. It was a funny thing that did happen. Now, Judy from Australia sent this. She said that um, the secret of staying young is to live honestly, eat slowly, and lie about your age. That was Lucille Ball. (laughs) (laughs) Then the other thing she says, my solution is when I'm aging, take off my glasses uh, before I look in the mirror and put Vaseline all over the mirror. (laughs) Then she also asks a question. Cosmetic procedures during COVID time seem to have sparked amongst the privileged. Um, some people may respond by asserting their control as they, al- their, as they alter their bodies through plastic surgery while dealing with this, trying to push away the, the, what's really happening in their lives that the, with this virus, which is so unseen and can cause such serious illness and death. Have you, what have your, has your experience been like in COVID? Um, so firstly, I'm coming from the point not of cosmetic surgery. Um, I think maybe that's what she yes. was referring to. So I can't really comment on that um, because I haven't had experience. My experience in terms of my own work, which is the non-invasive procedures, uh, which is the more conservative uh, way of seeing. Them. And absolutely, I mean, one one would think with COVID that with people not going out, not going to simchas, uh, not socializing, and in fact wearing masks that cover up most of, of our faces, um, people would be a lot less concerned with their appearance, and uh, you know I wouldn't really be seeing people. But paradoxically, the opposite is actually true, in that I've been busier than than ever before. Um, and I think what this really shows is that we are doing this to feel good about ourselves. You know, we're going out and no one can see our faces. Mm-hmm. But who is seeing the face? And it's I'm seeing my own face. Perhaps it's because I'm at home more and I have a chance to look in the mirror. 
Or as we said, perhaps it's because I'm on Zoom and I can actually see myself on Zoom, whereas if I'm normally in a meeting, I don't see myself. So it, it really does show that it's, it's about my own perception of myself and not about what I want to show to others. And I hear that again and again from women. It's very seldom that I have a woman who wants to look good for others. And if they do, it's usually, as we said, some sort of a, a psychological problem. Really what people say is I want to look good for myself. We'll get back to that in a moment. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on 101.9 High FM. I'm back with Dr. Talia Natelovitz. I'm going to be told to wrap up shortly. We haven't uh, covered everything that we wanted to cover. We never do, to tell you the truth, which means you'll have to come back on again, Talia. How would you like, what would you like to say to end? I think I'd like to just encourage women to acknowledge and embrace their femininity. We as women do have a need to feel beautiful about ourselves uh, and we don't need to deny that. Um, We can look at how much emotionally we can benefit from taking care of our appearance. It doesn't necessarily have to be doing aesthetic treatments at all. and each person to make their own choice and decision. There should be no judgment either way. Absolutely no judgment. Um, we need to let go of guilt. There's nothing morally wrong with doing something to help ourselves feel better. And there's also nothing religiously incorrect with that. We didn't really go into that whole field, but that I could talk on for another hour. Um, and ultimately, it's about enhancing our lives, leading authentic and meaningful lives um, and enabling ourselves to achieve our unique task in a joyful way. I love that. I would have liked to have asked you if you actually see men as well, if you consult with men as well. Uh, do you, just as a matter of interest? So I personally seem to attract women. Um, there, are, there are practitioners who deal with men, and I certainly wouldn't send men away at all. I would just say that, you know, 99% of my client base are women. Okay. And Craig's telling me to wrap up, but I would just like to end with this. It's age is irrelevant. Ask me how many trips I've taken, sunsets I've seen, laughs I've shared, concerts I've been to, bedtime stories I've read, and people I've loved. That's how old I am. Thank you so much, Talia, for being with me. It's really been an absolute pleasure to have you on my program. I will be in contact with you after our program. Thank you again, Craig. And I wish everyone very good Pesach. And I will be back after the Easter holidays, actually.